What is the essence of Christian life? What is at the core of the Christian life? What is the goal? What is the outcome? What is the product of trusting Jesus for your salvation? Maybe the best thing to ask is why receive Christ? Why turn to Jesus in faith? I think for most people, it is that we would go to heaven. And I think for many people, if not most people, Christianity, following Jesus, being a believer, is about going to heaven. If you ask them, uh, what is the product of trusting Jesus? What is, what is the goal? They would say, it is going to heaven. That is what we want. And so that is what we seek in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We know certainly that death is coming sometime. We know that death is imminent. And so we make all these plans for life. And so we want to make a plan for this part as well. And so we take care of it by getting saved, or we take care of it by receiving Jesus. Friends, I want to tell you, if that is your idea of Christianity, you are missing the point to, and the blessing of, and the magnitude of true Christianity. And that is that we can know and exist in fellowship with God. You understand that? That's the, that's the blessing of faith in Christ that we can know and we can exist in fellowship with God. Here's the problem. The problem is we know so little of our God that we do not think much of closely knowing God. We know so little of our God that we think not much of being in close fellowship with God. And I'll just tell you tonight, that is Satan's plan. Tonight our message is entitled, Real Life. Real Life. Tonight we're in John chapter 17. Tonight we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. John chapter 17, tonight verses 1 through 5. Real Life. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. John chapter 17, beginning in the first verse. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you've given him, he may, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight again. We rejoice in you. We're, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for a gracious God. We're thankful for a kind God. We're thankful for our Savior, Jesus. We're thankful for the hope that we have in you. We're thankful for the forgiveness of sin that's secured in your work of the cross. Lord, we're thankful for you. We exalt you. We praise you. Lord, we pray on this Thursday night that we would know you better, 
that we would know you more deeply. Lord, I pray that it would be a, a supernatural event, not just another hour, not just another service to pass through, but I pray, Lord God, that you would speak tonight. And I pray, Lord, that we would be grown and we would be encouraged and we'd be equipped. And I pray, Lord, most of all, that you'd be known and you'd be served and your name would be held high. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Here's what I think. I think if we truly see Jesus, if we see who he is, if we see his nature, if we see his character, if we see his great love, if we see his care for us, I think we will love Jesus. That's what I think. I think we'll want to know Jesus. I think if we can just see those things, if we can just begin to understand those things, we will want more of Jesus. That is what I think. That's what I think has happened and is happening if you've stayed in these hundred days. As we learn of Jesus, as we grow in the truth of Jesus, we want more of Jesus. Isn't that the truth? When we see how awesome he is, when we see how gracious he is, when we see how marvelous he is, as we start to see that, we start to want more of Jesus. So be sure tonight, that is what Satan attacks. In all the ways that he can, with all the, the, the wisdom, the, the strategy that he can muster, he wants us to miss the truth of Jesus. And maybe it's in attacking God's word. Maybe it's in making us skeptical or doubtful of God's word. Or maybe it's in leading us to miss God's word. We're, we're somehow too busy or, or we're too involved in other things. And, and they may be good things, but we're so involved. Or we think somehow God's word is, is too hard to understand. We're not able to understand the depth of that. And so in, in intimidation, we stay out of it. Or maybe we think it's not necessary. I am saved. It's not necessary. And Satan leads us to miss God's word. And in doing so, listen to me, we're missing Jesus. That is his plan. Let me, let me tell you tonight, I promise you tonight, and I've watched it, I promise you, you will not get to the end of your life and wish that you made one more sale. You will not get to the end of your life and wish you'd finished one more job. You'll not get to the end of your life and wish you'd made one more crop. You'll not get to the end of your life and wish you'd bought more stuff or you'd taken more trips. You'll not get to the end of your life and wish you'd gotten more done on your house. But I want to tell you, it is likely that we'll get to the end and we'll regretfully say, you know what, I wish I'd have spent more time with Jesus. I, I wish I'd have known him better. I wish I'd have, oh, I wish I'd have served him better. I wish a light would have come on earlier. Well, tonight we can see and establish that priority right now. We do not have to wait for some later event or even heaven. We can start real life right now. Remember in our verses, Jesus is shortly before his arrest he has finished talking to his disciples. Now the Bible says, we looked at it last night, he lifts up his head and he prays. 
In God's Word, we have the record of that prayer. Now, that's a, that's a marvelous thing. In God's Word, we are able to listen in to the prayer of the Lamb of God, our Lamb. We're able to hear that prayer. Now, we started last night. If you remember, we looked at the first two verses. Well, tonight we're going to continue, and we're going to look at tonight all five of the first verses together as a group. And so let's go to our verses tonight, beginning in verse 1. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Jesus the Lamb prays, and the petition of his prayer, the request of his prayer, is that the Father would glorify him, and that in turn he would glorify the Father. Now we talked about the meaning of that last night. But what Jesus seeks here in his prayer is that the Father would exalt him, the Father would magnify him, the Father would glorify him so that he in turn may exalt the Father, that he might magnify the Father, that he might glorify the Father. So how would the Father glorify the Son? How would the Father, that's his prayer, that's his petition, how would the Father glorify the Son? Well, here are some ways. By sustaining him in suffering, by strengthening him in distress, by receiving his offering, and by raising him from the dead. Hear that again. How does, how does the Father glorify the Son? He does so by sustaining him in suffering, by strengthening him in distress, by receiving his offering, and by raising him from the dead. That's how the Father glorifies the Son. Now the flip side of that, how will the Son glorify the Father? That's the prayer. How will the Son glorify the Father? This is how he'll do it. By subjecting himself to humiliation, by submitting to death, even death on a cross, by reigning as Lord and by providing salvation to all. How's the Son going to bring glory to the Father? Here's how I'll do it. By subjecting himself to humiliation, by submitting to death, even death on a cross, by reigning as Lord and providing salvation to all. And think about this. And all those things are evident in the most God-glorifying thing. We looked at that last night. A sinner saved by the grace of God who has passed from death unto life, who is forgiven, redeemed, and restored, possessing eternal life. That person stands testifying to the glory of God the Father and God the Son. How great is that? How tremendous is that? Verse 2, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And so now the next question is, and listen, it's important to get right. It's big for us to understand tonight. I hope we'll not forget what we learned tonight. The next question is this, so what is eternal life? So what is eternal life. John chapter 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What is eternal life? Is it heaven? Is that what it means to have eternal life? Is, is that what it's referring to, going to heaven? Because if it is, then once we have a way to heaven, we'd be done. Once we have a way secured to get to heaven, our mission would be accomplished. Is the goal of following Christ going to heaven? Listen to me. Think about that. Is that the goal of trusting Jesus Christ that you would just go to heaven? What is eternal life? Now, get ready tonight. This might be paradigm shifting. This might be groundbreaking tonight. Hear this. Again, we're going to look at verse 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus says here in verse 3, eternal life is knowing, is having the potential to know the one true God and Jesus Christ. That's what he says. That is, that is eternal life. Well, hold up a second. What does that say about heaven? What, what, what does that say about streets of gold? What does it say about that? Hold up here. So eternal life is the potential to know God and his son, Jesus. Let me ask you this tonight. What if heaven, what if our eternal reward had nothing to do with streets of gold? What if our eternal reward had nothing to do with a crystal sea or a magnificent throne? What if our eternal reward had nothing to do with gates of a single pearl? What if there were no new Jerusalem coming down? What if there were no tree of life and eternal bloom? Listen to this. What if there were no coming reunions with those that have, those that have died in Christ? Now, they're there, but you'll just never see them. What if there were no reunions ever in heaven? What if our eternal reward was being in eternal fellowship with God, the Father, and his Son, Jesus Christ? What, what, if, what if that was our eternal reward? Would you be let down? Would you feel slighted? You didn't earn any of it anyway. Would you feel slighted? Listen, would you still want to go? Would you still want to honestly go? Listen to me tonight. Heaven has all of those things. And there are awesome promises concerning heaven. And I'll just tell you, we, we really can't understand all of them. There are unimaginable things to look forward to when we get to heaven. But listen, I want you to hear me tonight. The blessing of heaven, the joy of heaven is having the barrier of sin removed, having the distance of sin removed, and being in close fellowship with our God. That is the blessing of heaven. And listen to me tonight, if that doesn't excite us, if that doesn't move us tonight, if that doesn't stir us up tonight, we need to look more closely at our God. We need to look more closely at our Savior. If that doesn't excite us, listen to me, we are missing it in this day. I'm going to tell you something, I'm afraid we're missing it. 
When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart fill? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or oh, in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Listen to me. The, the joy of heaven, eternal life, is the potential to know God and to know Jesus. Listen to me. The point of this message tonight is we do not have to wait. The Bible says we've entered into eternal life right now. We can walk in fellowship with Jesus now. We can know him right now. I wonder why we think we'll be so excited to see him there if we were able to get over him here. I want to tell you, that's a pretty harsh statement, but we go through life and we got this and we got that agenda and you know what? We can't read our Bibles and we're not listening to the Word of God and we're not studying the Word of God and we're not growing in our relationship with Christ and we go through life and we say, you know what? When my kids get raised or when this happens, when I get my finances here, when my retirement gets there, when I get all these things in shape, then I'll start to read the Bible, then I'll start to know Jesus Christ. I don't know why we think we're going to be so excited to see Jesus there if we were able to get over here here. Here's what Jesus says in verse 3. This, it means here it is, is eternal life. The word for eternal life here in the original language, it refers to quantity. It never ceases. It never ends. We know that. But listen, it also refers to quality. In the original language, in the Greek, it is a word of, that means that life doesn't just not end, but listen to this, it is tied to possessing the quality of God's life. We break that into two words. It's really one word that is talking about possessing the quality of God's life, the quality of life in God, the quality of life through God, the quality of life with God. Can you imagine that? We possess that in Jesus and it does not end. And it's really more about that or as much about that as it is about the length. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they may know, know. Now, know is a meaningful word here. It is not just maybe the light version of know that we would think about. It's not to just remember facts or to know information. It is a deep knowledge. It is a personal knowledge. It is an experiential knowledge. In the Bible, the same word often refers to a marriage intimacy, a marriage relationship. It's like this. What if I said, here's a person. Hey, there's a person. They're five foot 10. They're 165 pounds. They're such and such age. Their hair is brown. Their job is this. This is their career. Their hobby is this. This is what they like to do. They wear these kind of clothes. If you find them, they'll be wearing these type of clothes. 
Their favorite food is this. This is where they like to eat. What if I were to give you all those facts? You would know that person. You'd know them more than some other folks. You would know a lot of things about that person. But what about a person that you've been married to 45 years? And you've been through the days with them, and you've been through the good days with them, and you've been through the, the hard days with them, and you've laughed with them, and you've spent time with them, and you've, you've walked out a whole lot of things with them, and you've gone through all the things of life with them, and you know that person. It is that kind of no. Jesus says that you may know that kind of no, the only true God. Every one of these words is important. Only translates solitary, only one, or by themselves. Listen to me tonight. There is only one God. Not everything is God. We're not a piece of God, and there are not many gods. There is only one God. Then it goes on and says true. That translates made of truth. The substance of truth, genuine truth, genuine or true. Most literally, listen to this definition, most literally, it is the substance corresponds with the name. Here's the name. When you look at the substance, the substance corresponds with the name. Get this, our God is true. He is the true God, he is the genuine God, and his substance matches his name. He is true. And then the last word, God, it is the Greek word theos. It means the creator, owner, and ruler, God of all things. It means God. Jesus says that you may know the one true God. This is eternal life. You may know, deeply know, personally know the one true God. And then it goes on, and Jesus Christ. Now, this is a profound statement just in this name. Jesus is his name. It is his identifying name. It is the one from Nazareth, Jesus the Nazarene. It is the one born in Bethlehem in the line of David. It is the man, Jesus, Jesus, and then it says Christ. Christ is the title, talking about the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the Savior from God. Now listen to this. This is the only time in John's gospel that the two are put together back to back. And Jesus is the one that does it. And so just in the name, he says you can know the person, but you can also know the truth. You can know the fullness of Jesus, that you would know Jesus Christ whom you sent. Now, I want you to see this. The only way to know the Father, the only way to have access to the Father is by knowing Jesus. It is through Jesus but when you do, forgiven of your sin, restored in your relationship, renewed in Christ, then you can know the Son, and you do know the Son, and because of that, you can know the Father. Listen, see that tonight. You as a sinner, you can know the creator of the world. You, listen, not somebody else, you can intimately, personally know the Savior of the world. 
You can be in fellowship with our awesome, miraculous, marvelous, magnificent God. You can know that God. And Jesus says, that is what we celebrate. That is what we have in him. That is eternal life. What is eternal life? This is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If that doesn't excite us, listen, we need to get closer to Christ and we need to start right now. If you can hear that and say, well, you know what, I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. If you can hear that you can know the creator God of all things, the Savior of the world, Jesus, and that doesn't excite you, let me tell you, we got to get closer to Christ right now. we got to get in his word right now. Verse 4. Jesus goes on, he prays, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus prays, he says, he glorified the Father because nothing has been left undone. Now I want you to think about that. What all does that entail? It means that he has revealed himself, that he has revealed the gospel of grace, he's revealed the good news, he has built his disciples He has lived in obedience, never sinning, and now he is going to die. Verse 5. Listen to this. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself. Wow. With the glory which I had with you before the world was. Can you hear his heart? Can you hear his heart? Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself. It literally translates by the side of yourself. Glorify me sitting by the side of yourself. It's this picture together. The Father glorifies the Son. The Son glorifies the Father. Well, he says, now here we are sitting together side by side. And he says, with the glory I had with you before the world was. Oh, this is deep. Jesus, having fully submitted, having completely obeyed, And having finished the work of salvation, asked the Father to be glorified with him along beside him as he was before the incarnation. Now, I thought about that this afternoon. Glorify me with that same glory. Glorify us both joined together, sitting together, as it was before the incarnation. You see, here's the deal. We lose sight of that this far from the cross. We lose sight of that living on this side of the cross. If we were closer to it, we might see it. But this far from the cross, we lose sight of this, that the one do all glory, the one that is perfect in glory. Do you know who Jesus is? The one that is due all glory, worthy of all glory. In fact, possessing all glory, perfect in glory, in his carnation was born unnoticed, a king without a crib. He quickly was forced to become a refugee in Egypt, a king without a country. 
And then upon the announcement of his identity, complete with testifying miracles, he was rejected by his own nation, a king without a people. Now remember tonight, that rejection included his being mocked and stripped naked, spat upon, whipped and beaten, even crucified, a king without honor. And from there, he is placed dead in a tomb, not even his own. He didn't even own his own grave. It was a borrowed tomb, a king without a palace. And so listen tonight, God's king had come. And instead of being held in majesty, he was found suffering on earth as a servant, a king without a crib, a king without a country, a king without a people. In fact, they rejected him, a king without honor. No honor was given him, a king without a palace. And listen to me, and yet he was no less king. And this humble king praised this prayer. Can you imagine? Jesus praised this prayer. With the glory I had before this world was. That's his desire. Watch this. We have the Father's answer. Listen to this, it's recorded in Scripture. That's his prayer. We have the Father's answer. Listen. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, listen to this. And for this reason also, listen, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus is glorified, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is glorified. Listen to this. To the glory of God the Father. The Son is glorified by the Father, and the Father has glorified the Son. That is our King. Let me ask you a question tonight. Is following Jesus for you about escaping death? Listen, we, he overcomes death. He promises us life, spiritual life, physical resurrection in him. But I want to tell you, if that is what your, your, your experience with Christ is, you're, you're missing out. If, if you're walking with Christ, it's about checking a box that you'd go to heaven and have that set away somewhere. You're missing out. Because I want to tell you the truth tonight is this. Eternal life, Jesus says, it is about knowing Jesus. It is about loving Jesus. Listen, loving Jesus, finding out more about Jesus, getting deeper in your relationship with Jesus. It's about craving then an eternity with Jesus. If you trusted Christ tonight, that you might know him, do you see how beautiful he is tonight? Do you, do you want to have a relationship with your sin forgiven that you might know him? Will not perish, yes, spiritual life, but shall have, will have eternal life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm thankful for this truth. And I'm thankful, Lord, that as I read it, you love us too much to let us pass through life embracing the lowest common denominator. But you let us, you love us so much that you don't let us pass through life and miss the blessing of knowing you and growing in that knowledge 
and loving you and walking with you now that you tell us before you even go to the cross, you tell these disciples and through them you tell us that eternal life is knowing God and knowing Jesus. Lord, help us to love you. Help us to know you. Lord, tonight in your word, help us to see you. Lord, help us to be excited in you, the truth of you, the reality of you, and the potential of being close to you with our sin forgiven. Lord, I'm thankful for the act that set it all into motion, that it would be possible for me and for us as sinners that you leave this garden, you go to the cross, and there you purchase it in your own blood. Lord, I'm thankful for that. Lord, we come tonight, and I pray that our hearts maybe have changed tonight. I pray that our longing for you maybe has grown tonight. And I pray that in that, that you're worshiped, that you're pleased tonight. Thankful for your word that leads us in that path. Lord, I ask that you move in this time of invitation. I ask that you are glorified and that we give it to you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close tonight with a time to respond to the truth of God's word. And, and every single night, uh, what, a, what a blessing it is to have a hundred nights to say, this is the truth of the gospel. This is the grace of God offered to you in the person of Jesus Christ. And I wanna tell you, if you're listening tonight, if you're here tonight, if you're watching tonight and you've never trusted Jesus, he loves you, he sees you in your sin, and while you were yet a sinner, he died for you is what the Bible says. He comes and he lives a life of no sin, and he would offer himself in your stead and my stead. That's what he does. That's what the cross is about. He pays for it there. I want to tell you, it's paid for right now, settled right now. The Bible says if we'll receive that in faith, if we'll trust in him as our Savior, the remedy for sin, He'll save us. He'll forgive us. He'll give us eternal life, not just life that does not end, but life of quality, living in the life of God. If you've never trusted Jesus, let me encourage you, do it tonight. Turn to him tonight. Receive him tonight. If you need more information, you reach out. Let's settle this tonight. Settle it tonight. Trust Jesus tonight. He will save you. If you've trusted Christ, but you've never fought in believer's baptism, I want to encourage you as well to, to stand and say, well, I want that testimony to stand. The Bible says it's always by immersion, always after the point that we're saved. And so I want to encourage you in obedience to Jesus to say, you know what, I want that testimony to stand. I want, I want my family to see that. I want my town to see that. I want the world to see what I believe of Jesus. You come, and it'll be a great day of celebration, testifying to our Savior, Jesus. Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well and together we'll join together and we'll serve his cause, his kingdom. Maybe tonight on this, thir this Thursday night you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to pray for the remainder of this effort. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small. We're not in a hurry to get anywhere. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about, no one would head for an exit. We'll be done in, in shortly, in just a few moments. But you pray for those that are making decisions. If you have a decision to make, as we stand and sing, you step out, you come on, I'll meet you here. You step out, you come on, I'll meet you here.